Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com/weightloss. That's PlushCare.com/weightloss. PlushCare.com/weightloss. We're all about the archers. I'm Philippa. And I'm Quentin. And I'm Lauren. We are talking. Very excited about this. We are talking to the one and only Andrew Wincott, who plays Adam. Our Adam. Andrew, welcome. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for talking (laughs) to me. It's great to have you on. Many don't. (laughs) (laughs) You've been on the archers for quite a while. What does it mean to you being part of the archers team? Ooh, it means it's a job. No, it's a very good job. It it means, I don't know, it means the world in many ways, because it is the world. It's a world of Ambridge and uh, a real world filled with real people that everybody, everybody, five million or more of us listen to, drop in on every day. So it's great to be a part of people's lives and to be, I mean, really, to be a part of the cultural fabric of the nation, because I think The Archers is exactly that. It's been with us for so long now, 70, what, two, 72 years. I've been there a mere 20. But I think the UK is still a farming nation, and that's where the roots definitely are and where Borsetshire is in the sort of heart of the country. It's great to be connected to that heart, the still-beating heart of Ambridge. Well, congratulations on being on it for, for 20 years, Andrew. We Before we started recording, thank you. we had a good old laugh with you and you're nothing like Adam, thank goodness. Because How dare um, you? And th- What's wrong? Why? You must be aware that poor old Adam gets a lot of stick on the fan forums. It's moaning and sighing. I mean, do the script writers include Adam's size as stage directions or is that something that you've actually adopted over the years? People have talked about the sighing generally, I think, in The Archers for a long time. Somebody once edited together all the size in from one programme, and it was very funny. So I don't think it's only Adam that does that. Yeah, we do have to breathe. Well, I think there has been a change, because if I could defend my alter ego... Can I do that? This is, this is OK. You sure? Yeah. So I, I think... I think uh, I think Adam's had quite a bit to moan about, really, especially when he's been in, in contention and constant argument with... You know, locked horns with Brian at home farm. You know, it, it hasn't been easy, but I don't know, what would life be if we didn't have something to moan about? But I think things have been tough, but now he's at Bridge Farm. Bridge Farm 
seems to be more of a natural fit. I've always felt yeah. that, yeah, yeah. really. And and what was, was it a year or so ago when, or more, no, more than that, when he moved over there, over to start working at Bridge. And, and he was getting the approbation from David that he never got from Brian. And it was sort of a shock, really. And then it was quite interesting, the particular episode I'm thinking of, where Tom sort of came in, is it, you know, then his nose was put out of joint. So there was quite an interesting dynamic there. It was Tom saying, why are you listening to him, Dad? You never listen to me. And that's that's life. Yeah. That yeah. really is families. That's the dynamic yeah. in, uh, in yeah. many families, I think. <laughs> so I think Bridge is a natural fit, and I think there maybe is a breezier tone to him now and a yeah. lighter lighter footstep. I don't know if you've noticed that. Have you noticed Yeah, that? I have, yes. He seems a happier fellow there. Much yeah. happier. With Ian's pizzas, who wouldn't be? <laughs> um, I've been listening to The Archers for about eight or nine years. I haven't been for the full 20 years of your career, Andrew. But So I wasn't there at the beginnings of Adam and Ian. Could you remind the listeners and, and give me a little potted history of how they ended up getting together? Well, Adam came back from Africa because he was working on third world projects there and then came out shortly after that. Jennifer suspected, thought that that was the case, probably knew for years, but it was the first time that Adam had talked about it. And then I think it was the following year, not as much as a year, I don't think, that Ian came to work, Ian Craig came to work at Grey Gables and was staying with Peggy. And so Adam came round and I think they met in the kitchen, of course, at Peggy's. <laughs> Something was burning and, you know, and the rest is history. They, they just met met there and hit it off and they first oh, kissed lovely. in the polytunnels. The kiss was a bit squelchy, but yeah, yeah it was quite fun, actually, the kissing in the polytunnels. Yeah, we had to get oh. the kiss right. Yeah, there was a pause. The script did say, don't sigh, kiss. Kiss with a sigh, kiss without a sigh. Kiss meaningfully. At the end of the scene, there was a pause and Stephen, Ian and I were chatting. How was it for you? Okay. And then, uh, you know, one of those pauses, so we're waiting for the studio, the control room to come in and say whether it was okay or not. And the director said, yeah, yeah, that was some great guys. Aren't we got to do the kiss again? So you've got to do the kiss again? Because we really did it. We'd really kissed. Oh, we've been told that it's a hand smooth. Oh, hand. you can do that. Well, yeah. that is traditionally what happens on radio. Absolutely. But we try to make things as real as possible. Oh, good. I mean, this is 2004, the, yeah. the kiss. Uh, so the kiss, we discussed it. And I said, yeah, people kiss the back of their hands. The, but the director said, no, no, guys, go for it. I said, oh, right, okay. So I said to Stephen, are you okay with that? And looked at him and said, we could have shaved. And we did. So we kissed and then waited. Great, guys, we've got to do the kiss again. Why? What? What? what how was the scene? Oh, the scene was fine. Don't worry about the scene. No, it's the kiss. We've got to do the kiss again. Why? Well, don't take this the wrong way, guys, but it was a bit squelchy. <laughs> True story. Nothing says Brilliant. romance like a big squelchy kiss. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You don't have scenes with lots of people. Adam's not on a committee. He's not involved in the drama productions. In some ways, he's a bit of a loner mm. without Ian. Is that something you feel playing him as well? I think it vaguely occurred to me, but then I don't know how other people fare in that regard, how sociable other characters are. Now that you've mentioned it, I'm worried. <laughs> I mean, I've always thought that most people have scenes with their immediate friends or family. So Brian, certainly the sisters, depending on where the stories are. But Alice, I think he's had quite a lot of scenes with Alice. You know, Ian and seen David on air, as it were, for a long time. We used to see more of each other, David and Ruth. I suppose now you've mentioned it, yeah. I mean, talking of that, Andrew, who you have scenes with, I mean, any listener to this podcast 
will know that about my unbridled love for Brian as a character. You have Mark. loads of scenes with him, but also with another huge favourite, of course, Debbie, played by Tamsin Gregg. Yeah. So you're a lucky fellow, aren't you, to, to have scenes with those two great actors? Absolutely. Well, I would say I'm lucky, and Charles and, and I have talked about this many times. We're lucky to have the actors in the family that we mm. had. And lovely Angie, who we lost, really, from the show. Loved doing it. The, the dynamics were so much fun in the Aldridge house. And I love the interaction. I love the scenes with Kate and, and yes. Alice, the sibling yeah. friction. But I am lucky. Absolutely. The, the scenes with Debbie were a gift, always a gift. Mm. And Charles and I have a great rapport. I feel the scenes are brilliantly written for the Aldridges and for Adam and Ian. I'm, I'm very lucky. Do you miss not being able to be at home farm anymore as a family? Well, I, I think they they are still a family. He's still a partner at mm. home farm. But, you know, the kitchen and all that, and Jenny in the kitchen. And... Yeah, it's early days in a way. But yes, I do miss mum, miss not having her there, not being able to share things with her. She always stuck up for Adam. And in the home farm mix, we've now got Stella. And that's been an interesting relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Because initially they hit it off and they looked after the, the dog while she was away. Adam encouraged her to go away. But then there was the story about the, the very expensive drill just after Jenny died. Oh, no. And Adam said, well, you've really got to look after the place now. You've got to make decisions. <laughs> Goodbye. Yes. It was quite a scene, wasn't it? A few weeks ago when Brian told Adam that he loved it. I mean, that's stopped me in my tracks. I think it stopped Adam in his tracks, didn't it? They were beautiful scenes, actually. Mm. Yeah. Those scenes, they went to the races, didn't they? See, the story moves on through time and uh, there's a new relationship between them now. The stepfather-stepson relationship mm. is much warmer, more nuanced. I mean, they're not squabbling so much. They probably would always disagree because their farming principles are very different. But yeah, there's a much greater warmth. There was a scene we sat down, we were drinking whiskey, which wasn't really whiskey, I'm sure you Of course. Shocked. Yes, we were <laughs> drinking one of Brian's single malts, I seem to recall. There was a tenderness, a warmth, two men genuinely enjoying one another's company yeah. and the emotion of losing Jenny, bonding through that. Yeah. Yep. Do you find it easy to get into the Adam character or do you just turn up and let's go? Or is there things you have to say or, I mean... Because I've known Adam for 20 years, it's second nature. I'm sure we all feel this in the, in the show, but it's like the characters are a part of us. And I find myself, it's interesting, Quentin... When you talk about defending Brian, I find myself defending Adam. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm having lunch with my family and, you know, Adam's been misbehaving. I think Adam's very human. You know, he's flawed, but he's also principled. As a farmer, his farming ideals, I think, are good. You know, after the flood a few years back, and he went to talk to David, how's the soil at, at Brookfield? It was soil's fine here, but at, at, at home farm it wasn't. It was damaged because of all the intensive farming. Mm. So that's when he, he went into, into exploring the herbal lays and brought the herbal lays to home farm. But a wonderful expression I remember. He wanted to put the soil back into good heart. It's almost Shakespearean. Yeah. But Adam as a character is flawed, as we all are, you know, and he's never very far from the surface. So no, I don't have to, it's all there in the wonderful scripts. All I have to do is bring them off the page, bring the words off the page. We've been playing the characters for so long. I've been playing Adam for long enough. When storylines come along, you think, oh, Adam would like this or Adam wouldn't like this. We do feel that. Yeah. And there are certain things that we feel are more characteristic. But then the thing is, look, we're all contradictory people. There are inconsistencies and that's what makes life and certainly drama interesting. So you play those contradictions. We all talk to people in different ways, the way we relate to different characters. 
as you pointed out, Adam doesn't have so many to relate to, so which I'm not worried about. But uh, <laughs> you do talk to people in different ways. We use different registers. And it's all there. It's all there in the writing. So you, you always look for the truth of the moment, whether it be in radio or in theatre or in any other medium. It's just so interesting to me because you have, you know, this long-term role in The Archers, which is massive. And then also you're massive as a voice in computer games. Those are two quite different routes. How do you deal with those differences? You, you may be referring to Baldur's Gate 3, which people are now talking about as being one of the biggest games in the world, which came out only in August. And for people who don't know that, I'm playing a character called Raphael, who is, to all intents and purposes, the devil, but a rather smooth and charming one. He's very charismatic, but he's also rather dangerous. But people seem to be attracted by that. And there's one of those contradictions that's so fascinating to play. You know, the charming devil who can seduce and manipulate on the surface, he's your best friend. He's going to do a deal. He's going to help you. It's quite a dark and specific world, the Dungeons and Dragons world, which doesn't immediately evoke farming in the Midlands. Yeah. <laughs> Not so go. much crossover. Who knows? You haven't turned up to record as Raphael and suddenly you've been Adam by mistake. <laughs> Strangely, no. No. Strangely, no. The difference with Raphael is that it was motion capture. So you were wearing a bodysuit with light reflectors that are mapping your movements and then put into the software. I haven't done a motion capture game before, so it's quite an elaborate process. But in another way, it was like returning to theatre because you're, you were acting in three dimensions and you could gesture and physicalise, which we do anyway. On the arches, mm. we physicalise, we gesture, we make approaches from some distance, we retreat back to another distance. We've got what we call the dead room, the outdoor space with absolutely no echo at all. We have what we call the snail, which is a tunnel that enables us to approach from around a couple of corners, which sounds like we're two fields away. Very ingeniously designed. We have a live acoustic, which is for sort of village halls or barns, that kind of thing. We've got a kitchen acoustic, which literally has an arger and a running sink and a microwave and a kettle. If it's a breakfast scene, Ness, who's generally our studio FX, you'll walk into the studio and there's this wonderful smell of toast. We really get to eat it. That's yeah, worth signing nibble, up for the job it. alone, isn't it? The free toast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Free, yeah. Ask any actor. And then we have a sort of office or bedroom acoustic with a sofa bed, which really does convert to a bed. And if it's a bed scene, you'll be in it. Who? Yes. If Andrew Wincott, rather than Adam, lived ah. in Ambridge, which of course exists, obviously, which Ambridge characters would you see for a good night out? Oh, a good night out. Well, that, you'd have to qualify what you mean by good night out. Do you mean a raucous night out? Good, loads of laughs, a um, few drinks... That sort of thing. You know, the cider club used to be quite fun. Oh, the Grundies. <laughs> yeah, I think Adam went once or twice to that. I think Adam had a great relationship with Ed when he was working at Home Farm. But there was that difficult moment when he had to let Ed go. Oh, yes. Yeah. They're fascinating, those scenes, those moral quandaries. Yeah, good night out. Well, you know, jazz is always good for a laugh. What about Kate? Oh, well, yeah, Kate's the sister we all love to hate. Yeah, I love her. <laughs> love to hate Kate. Yeah. No, Kate's so annoying, but so lovely and adorable and incorrigible. I should tell you also, talking about living in Ambry, I was born in Banbury in Oxfordshire, and my mother grew up on a farm in a village called Sidford Ferris, which is about seven miles from Banbury. She grew up on a farm called Home Farm. Oh. And she went to a school in Sidford Ferris where a certain Godfrey Baisley had also been to school. Godfrey Baisley, who created oh, of course a show called The Archers. Yes. So for me, The Archers really 
I mean, this also comes back to how easy is it for me to play Adam? It's like going home, really. It's like putting on a very familiar suit or shirt or something. You know, it really is. It's I've still got family in the area and family roots in in the Birmingham area, too. So for me, it, it really is going home. I've always felt at home in Ambridge. And years ago, uh -huh. I played a, you may know this, I played Torkil, the Danish agricultural studio, yeah. student who worked on Bridge Farm and annoyed Tony by knowing <laughs> more about organic farming than he did. <laughs> and then one day flooded the irrigation and Tony thought, I've got him, I've got him at last, I can get one over on him. And it turned out that he was rescuing Sharon's, who was it? Yeah, I think Jill's bees had escaped and swarmed across the county. It was like an episode from a gothic, a hammer horror thing. The swarm. <laughs> the bees were swarming and Torkel was a hero. Yes, Tony, I was having to rescue Kylie. Tony had to back down. Honestly, it's just brilliant. We're so grateful. Thank you. For it's your been time. great fun. It's been great fun chatting Thank to you. Thank you so much. Thank you ever so much, Andrew. It's been great. You're very welcome. And I should just say, we'll be back as normal for a midweek roundup of what's happened in the Archers so far. You can find us on YouTube. There'll be a longer version of this on YouTube. So from all of us, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye, everyone. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.